Hello, and welcome to the first episode of Making A Happen. Thanks for joining my friend and colleague Nigel, the ideas man, and me, Steve, the systems thinker. Both of us are experienced business people with impactful projects under our belts. This time, we don't know what the project is yet, only that we want to do something purposeful that integrates the latest circular, regenerative, and sustainability ideas. We are starting our quest on the sunny south coast of England in Brighton, where we both live. Join us on the journey as we explore what the heck we're doing. Will we succeed? Will we fail? Will we get beyond the idea stage? Neither of us know yet, but not knowing might be our greatest opportunity. Along the way, we will invite storytellers, changemakers, and you, the listeners, to join in the conversation with us and explore possibilities. We hope to keep you inspired, entertained, and informed. It all started with one of those conversations we all used to have in the pub pre-COVID when Nigel said. So I've had a really interesting week. Yeah. The idea of the podcast, I thought, yeah, that's brilliant. We should do that. Then I listened to, then I watched, I don't know how, I remember how I came across that John Thackera yep. video. I was Googling for something to do with School of the Wild just to check to see whether, <laughs> I've written a post on Thinking Like a Forest blog post. <laughs> And uh, then I just wanted to check that it was being indexed by Google. When I Googled it, I saw all these other results for thinking like a forest and it just sort of looked interesting. So I looked at that YouTube video and I was completely blown away by it. You know, it's like, wow, there's all these things that people can do, like ways of regenerating a region and a city. Some of which I thought, I've been thinking about things like this for years. I didn't know there was a movement like depaving. <laughs> yeah. You know, I hate seeing trees you know, stuck in the pavement with no breathing space around the trunks. I mean, I was kind of thinking maybe it doesn't matter because that's what it's like in the woods anyway. You know, the, the earth goes right up to the trunk, but it just seems wrong somehow to well, have it's not Because it's not pervious, right? So the trees struggle to get the water. I mean, it doesn't seem right to me. And to see that there's a movement <laughs> that is doing like breaking up the pavement, Although in my head, it was more like a gorilla thing. When I actually looked into it, I did some research and they, they do it much in a much safer way, you know, safer. They work with churches and, and um, schools and things to dig up bits of their car parks that probably aren't being used anyway. Mm. But I just thought, wow, there's a whole host of ideas. I don't want to talk about them. I want to do them, you know. And I started thinking about projects, galvanizing people, you know, like reimagine the future, you know, could we do a consultancy? Could we create an agency? Could we start doing these things? Um, and I just, the whole of last week, I got really excited about that. And I started doing, you know, I started thinking about what, how he did it. And what he's talking about is um, reconnecting with place and taking care of place. And if you take care of place, that you take care of people as well, you know, implicitly. Um, and I thought, you know, Brighton could be a really good place to do this and it would be really exciting. And then I came across something over the weekend where the council have just voted to do a sort of a feasibility study on making this Brighton city centre a car-free area. I saw that. Yeah. And I thought, oh, people are already doing it. They're already talking about it. I feel really deflated. <laughs> um, I know, I know. This is just, I'm just telling you my, my kind of thought process. And um, yeah, so that I've, that's where I've got to with like, oh, I really wanted to do something. And I oh, said, so the other thing that I thought that what he was saying that was really interesting was he was saying it's not about kind of imposing new solutions on places. It's about uncovering what's already there. 
So looking Absolutely. at you know looking what's there, but also uncovering the projects and the and the the initiatives that are already happening, and seeing you know if it's a river, seeing who's already trying to regenerate the river, or what kind of projects are going along the riverbank. And I was thinking about mapping various initiatives and social enterprises and charities, and just to see what the landscape is. So I I started to do it. I don't know. I suppose I so I don't know where I'm going with this, and you know I'm not sure about the podcast you know I was excited about the podcast and I was excited about actually doing something and then I thought well why okay. not with the podcast right. yeah, okay. just one more thing I thought I wondered about a theme for the podcast just to go back to the podcast is whether the conversation is all of this stuff you know it's a kind of totally transparent honest conversations about the things that are happening but also slightly more left field around starting a project or not starting a project and all those kind of discussions yeah, like something that's... really open so that's what was coming into my head, right? When you were um, talking is why don't we make the podcast the experience of what it's like to try and make a project happen? Mm. You know, so instead of the podcast being about the future we want and talking about all the technical bits, although that may come into it, mm. what we could do is we could actually say we're going, you know, that we're going to set out to record our experience of trying to get uh to happen i don't know what i is but maybe we don't know what it, maybe we're going to start saying we're not quite sure but we think this is what we'd like to try and do and then just record what happens as we try to do it that sounds brilliant and that and i like the sound of that and um i think that sounds a bit edgy and i i'm excited by things like they're a bit edgy and a bit mm. off the wall and you know who knows where it's going to go it's like an emergent thing yeah, I, I'm up for that. And um, it's like wandering in a forest almost and seeing which trees are growing there or something like that. Right. Yeah. I mean, I love this. I love the um, the metaphor of thinking like a forest. And I think I under by watching his video, I also understood what it means. It's kind of about diversity. That's what I've taken away from it. You need, you know, you, forests are places of huge amount of diversity of all sorts of different things all working together. So I think, you know, I wondered about that as a a guiding metaphor maybe actually I hadn't thought about that before that just came to me but you know the idea of not trying to just do one thing and the other thing I liked what he said was about system change you know just by you know conversely just by doing one thing you change the system because it's part of the system yeah okay so we need to review our podcast finding because we've got to change a lot of the stuff in it um about what it's all about and I've been I was just having a little brainstorm on my own here about changing the title yeah so i still like the idea of future somewhere in it yeah so i one of the things i thought of was making the future real or the future as it happens interesting three letter three word titles are really good right you know like the future we want well that's four but you know it's future we want is like got a really nice kind of action to it do we need to kind of agree on a title now i was sort of thinking the title and actually i mean we're you know we're kind of still talking about what it is <laughs> I mean, it would be good to nail it down, but I sort of so, feel like okay. I'm I mean, happy I, to leave I it alone. Know. I mean, I just because you know, I was I heard something else of talking about. Um, I had another idea about something to do with the regeneration. You know, not Generation X, not Generation Y, not Millennials, not the Me Generation, not Generation Z, but the regeneration. And I also read something else really inspiring, or really inspiring this morning from a guy called uh, Thomas Berry. Have you heard of him? No. He died in 2009, I think. I just saw this on Wikipedia that I'm just going to read it to you. He yeah. believed 
that we're at a critical turning point, moving out, moving out of the Cenozoic era. I'm not sure. Sorry, Cenozoic era. I'm not sure what that is. But entering into a new evolutionary phase, which could either be an Ecozoic era, characterized by mutually enhancing human-Earth relations, or a Tecozoic era, where we dominate and exploit the planet via our technological mastery. And I, I sort of think, and I can see it, that we have a choice. You know, that the, the choice is we try and solve everything with technology and we move into this big technological thing. Yeah. And the, well, that's going to work. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. And the, the words he's using come from sort of geological background. Yeah. You know, so you've got like a Pleistocene and then you've got Mesocene and, um, yeah, um, exactly. you know, the latest one they think is us being the dominant factor, which is the uh, Cenozene or whatever you want to call it. And then he's made up two more names depending on which way we go after that. Yeah. But I like that, uh, you know, it reminds me of, I don't know if you know Joanna Macy, but um, she does the the um, the work that reconnects. Mm. She also says we're at a turning point and the turning point is to do with human consciousness. You know, the, the only thing that's going to, you know, make us change, we're, we're either for, we're going to turn everything around and the way that we're going to turn everything around starts with your consciousness, really. So I, I like that idea of, you know, there's a choice. I mean, I'm there's just... There's a choice. I, I don't know. I don't know why I'm saying this, but it just feels like I'm just downloading all the stuff I've been thinking about the last few days. No, I'm happy to listen. I mean, that that's the important thing. The thing about all this is it's a really interesting kind of experience I'm having. So if I feedback to you what's going on, so I'm really interested. I'm really interested in hearing all you're saying and it's got me thinking, mm. but there's, but there's part of me that was, that started out with trying to think, well, could we do something? Mm. And then I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do with all these neat ideas that you're coming up with. And, and I'm, I'm in engineer mode rather than, you know, kind of, ex I, sometimes I'm in man expanding mode, but for some reason, I guess, um, cause I got excited about a podcast and I, you know, I, kind of got myself in a space where i was thinking oh this is great we can do this and i'll be real we can talk and we, all this sort of stuff and and now I, and now i'm hearing you thinking and i'm thinking yeah we could still do all that but we still got to figure out what it is we're going to do yeah no i agree i'm sorry for going off on a tangent no, don't don't apologize nigel that's not what it's about because i think one of the things that might make this work for us is that we come from quite different sort of spaces sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And and it but there might be another time in there, and there has been maybe in our experience once or twice, where you want to do something and I just want to talk about stuff, yeah, right? Yeah. It's not like it's a problem. It's just it's just where I'm thinking. And so I'm I'm thinking, yeah, I like this idea. I just I'm just trying to get a hold of something to does that make sense? Yeah, it totally does. I mean, I, I love the idea of actually doing something like some project or something or, or supporting other people to do something, probably less so in that. But um, I also feel like, you know, a podcast is a valuable part of that. And, I, and I'm loving having these conversations. So, so why not? I like the idea that the podcast is going to be about something we're going to do, right? Yeah. So, so you know, at one extreme, we have a really interesting discussion about the cheapest way to rent a compressor and a jackhammer and then we go up and we outside me jackhammer up seven driveways at night <laughs> and try not to get caught for you know disobeying the um, current regulations about unnecessary journeys or something you know i mean well we jackhammered up the drive well yeah that's a bit of a problem but the real problem is you're not supposed to be out after nine o'clock because of the covid regulations and how do you justify this as a series of but we're saving the earth no i'm sorry sir you can't do you know from one end of the world to another one where where we think i oh, know we'll, we'll write a really interesting book about this now let's get 
chapter one done and you know seven months later we're working on chapter three and you know <laughs> somewhere in the middle is this well let's do something that's got potential yeah yeah I mean, totally. it, it's i love that's I where love i'm at i'm thinking squash i think i'd like to do it i love your your well at least uh, <laughs> I, miss that. I think it's brilliant um <laughs> I had um, I had a couple of other ideas. The other ideas that I have was, you know, okay. with all these with all these sort of COVID changes, it's like where does where does city where do cities fit into this? You know, it's like what's the what's the future of a city going to be? Um, particularly mm. if everyone's working from home and less people are traveling less, you know, for work. And there might, you know, there might be more co-working places, for example. But generally, what's the purpose of cities? It's like our city centers are being devastated, retail is going. All of that kind of stuff is moving online. Yeah, so I was thinking about, yeah, the future of cities and, you know, what's the high street going to be like? And particularly, you know, I'm interested in regenerating cities, I think. Sorry to keep going, bang on about it, but I think that fits into it. I was thinking about um, these empty spaces and what could we do with them? So I think the other thing coming to me then is, why do we have cities in the first place? You know, because we used to be hunter-gatherers and we used to wander around and and kind of live in little, you know, maybe by ourselves. And then we got together in groups because there was something about collaborating, which made it more likely. And possibly the reason we've survived is because we were able to collaborate in ways. And then the main thing that happened was we started to recognize that rather than being hunter gatherers, if we did farming, we'd be able to supply our food supply a bit more stably. And so then I think this is how it works. And so then we ended up in civilization groups where we cultivated land and we went out and hunted. So cities are about collaborating. Mm -hmm. COVID is kind of messing up the whole way that we collaborate because the thing that made it possible to collaborate was that we liked being together. You know, just like you and I were just having a laugh about what would happen if we jackhammered up a driveway. That's part of the bit that makes it work for everybody, right? And yeah. if we can't get together to have that social interact, then part of the kind of basis of the whole city, like having a coffee or sitting out at the beach together, it, it kind of disappears. So then, well, so what's the city for after that? Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I think that, you know, who has the answer? I think it's, it's about citizen democracy. It's about asking people what they want <laughs> and then not listening to them and doing what you want anyway. But <laughs> 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 So people going out and doing stuff, that's great. And and that's what's happening. You know, community land trust is something that sort of is a, like I got involved with and is a, is a, well, we're going to do something yeah, and we're going to try and make it happen. So the question is, what should we try and do? Yeah. Well, coming back to your engineering way of yeah. thinking, <laughs> maybe we could go back to that document and just yeah. you know, think about where to start. Probably that's the, that's the thing. It, it, do you think a podcast finding documents the right thing to be using or do you think we should just should we try that see what happens yeah i mean what's the alternative is to kind of do like a project document and bung a load of ideas in it and i think the podcast is part of it like you said the, the podcast is about us talking about what we're doing and how we're going to do it okay maybe so, so the so why are we doing the podcast is the first question so we need to edit that a little bit to reflect that yeah so we had in there we're interested in exploring issues related to the future we want to live and work in and then it was a bit about what we were both interested in but what we're really interested in is actually doing something now yeah yeah i think so the stories are interesting you know and i and i like i still you know i'm still sold on stories but you know it's about inspiring i mean i listen to 
John Thacker are telling stories of other projects. And I got really inspired by that, inspired to, to want to do something. So I think it's still part of our thing is to, sharing, to be sharing stories because it's almost like examples of what other people are doing in other cities that, you know, unless you start looking into this thing, you have no idea that people are doing stuff like this or why. Okay, so, so um, what we're really interested in, so this podcast then is really about us sharing the story of how we actually make something happen to encourage other people. Let's go with that for the moment. I mean, I think yeah. this is all going to be refined as we go along, isn't it? Yeah, are you, you discovered um, along the way that have helped us to decide this is what we're going to do. Is, is kind of, it. so we're going to share lots of stories, not just the story of our project. Yeah, it could be interesting actually to to still bring in other people who are, who've been doing other projects and find out how they did it and yeah. you know, what they learned. And that would actually help us to do the project, whatever yeah. the project is. There's something about the fact that uh, we don't know what the project is yet. So, <laughs> so, so the first part of this is we're going to explore, I think, what might be possible. Yeah. Yeah. I love the idea of mapping what's already there. And I don't know about you, but, you know, I went online over the weekend and I was trying to find an, uh, a system mapping tool that would kind of visualize it, you know, once you put the data in. Nothing. It's really hard to find anything. There is an app I found somewhere where if you've got the postcode, yeah. you can load the information in and it'll put it on a physical map by right. the postcode. But it only sort of sticks you in the middle of the street. It doesn't stick you in the actual location, but it's close enough. So what I was, what I was thinking I was looking for is um, to make a kind of, it's about the relationships. It's not, it's sort of eco mapping or ecosystem mapping, but it's mapping the relationships and thinking about, you know, the, the sectors and the, the kind of headings that the people are in. So who's doing transport who's doing food you know maybe there's subcategories within that and then linking up the relationships between those things and having circles with lines connecting the circles you know kind of the things that graphic designers do and i was thinking there's got to be a tool for that and now i couldn't find anything so maybe yeah. the project is to create an ecosystem mapping tool that creates pretty diagrams <laughs> as a side project <laughs> and now you and now people are creating ways of mapping how many circular enterprises there are. Yeah. Um, and then Circular Brighton and Hove then just put it on a geographic map because it was pretty useless just as a load of stuff in a spreadsheet, basically. Yeah. How do we want them? What are we really wanting the map to show? Do we want a map to show how collaboration's happening in the city? Is that what you're looking for? Or where collaboration could happen? Or For me, it's, it's not about particular locations for full things it's more about what's already you know if i look at if i think if we think about the seafront and we're thinking about you know one of our objectives is to have thriving abundant plastic free seas that are alive with life um you know what are the projects that are already doing stuff around the seafront i was thinking about beach cleaning um I don't know, really. I suppose I don't know what the map needs to show you. It's it's more about the idea of just finding out what's there and just seeing connections and clusters. I mean, what he was talking about was finding the projects that already exist and then going to them and saying, what do you need? And what, you know, what support do you need? What would help you grow or help you do better? Or where are the connections between people who are doing something upriver? Um, you know, would it be helpful to connect up with them? I thought, uh, I don't know if you saw the Oceans 8, which I thought was really neat. You know, which is sort of an example of that, of a bunch of women connecting up or they're already doing projects. Yeah, that, that's a classic example. And the, um, Unlimited had some funding and they set up several workshops last year and they were developing an idea of they wanted to have a manifesto for um, 
social enterprises in Brighton and Hove. And with the idea that if they had a, had a manifesto, then they could all come together collaboratively or collectively do things, right? Yeah. And so it was about trying to, I guess, build a, a coalition of people in a way. And Ocean's Aid is sort of like a, a coalition of a group of people that are all interested in doing something in the same sort of space, yeah? Yeah. So there's people doing things like that. So that was a social enterprise one. I mean, I think if, you know, if you think about all the different areas where there's possibilities, either that need uh, things to change or where there's possibilities to to make change happen. You know, I was thinking about... You know, things like, I mean, the things that he was talking about, I'm sure there are more, but, you know, you know, my idea about, well, not my idea, but the thing I got excited about, living streets, where, see, where streets are closed off to traffic and, and the residents use them as pop-up spaces as a way of building community and also that new ideas can come out of it. But, you know, like pollinator corridors, like having little plots of wildflowers every so often that are just far enough apart that bees and pollinators can get, you know, right across the city and expand their foraging area. You know, the depaving idea, planting trees in fruit, having fruit orchards in the city. Yeah, there's something that the Food Partnership were talking about ages and ages ago, and I'm not sure what they did about it. But, you know, it's like the possibility of growing food in the city and using urban spaces like people's front gardens, um, you know, Brunswick Square and, you know, those squares where there are green spaces, using them to grow food. And I think years ago, the, the, the Hove Lawns was allotments. You know, I, years ago, I thought about, I went to Cannes and I thought, well, they've got trees all along the seafront. Why can't we have trees in Brighton? It's so bare. You know, I did speak to someone about it and they said, well, you know, the, the, the atmosphere here is really difficult and, you know, trees struggle and there's need a lot of looking after. And it's like, well, so what? You know, it's like, we, there's got to be a solution for that. It just seems lazy. You know, I, I think the interesting thing that you're highlighting is that there's a cultural difference going on here, isn't there? So in Cannes, they, they planted all the trees because that was kind of the way it was there. Whereas, oh. you know, Brighton and Hove is um, specialized in getting loads of people near the beach quick and trees weren't really in the message were they no. you know they didn't matter what mattered was you were at the beach and yeah. and so that's like a <laughs> it's, it's so it, we're back to what you said at the very uh, a while ago which is it's the people and their culture that shapes the outcome of yeah. whatever you get trying to retroactively say well why don't we plant some trees which is a really good idea but sort of somehow really doesn't fit with people's perception of what the seafront would be like well also you know is that what was here i mean i you know is it trying to force something onto something that isn't right for the the land here well that's probably true actually that's a good question i mean uh, i'm not sure if there were trees growing right on the seafront when it was just a fishing village i don't know i mean it'd be interesting to to research that i mean yeah. the other idea, the other thing was about food you know he was talking about um a, plat a food platform and i and i looked into it it's a french it seems to be a french organization and it looks like they're about to launch in the UK or they've tried to launch in the UK. They've in, I can't remember what it's called in French, but in English, they've called it the, a food assembly. It's basically a sort of farmer's market, a sort of pop-up food stalls, but, in, but you order the food, the food that you want online and you just go there to collect it. And the point is that it connects up consumers with producers. So the producer has to come and, you know, has a table with the stuff that you've ordered on it. Then you get to speak to them about, you know, how have you grown this and what's involved in it? And, you know, it's connecting up. And he was talking about bioregions and, you know, the, the cities, I know you know about this, but for me, it's this is all new, really. But mm. 
a city has an area which it depends on. Absolutely. And, you know, all the food that's coming in here is coming from somewhere. And it's like, we've no idea, even Hisby, okay, you go to Hisby, which is great. And they sort of got locally grown stuff. Not all of it's locally grown, but you've no idea about that farm or where it is or what it looks like or who the people are, you know, what struggles they have. It's just like, still it's in a packet in their, on their shelves. Well, a couple of things came up when you said that. So the first thing that, um, I thought of when you were talking about that example, which was in the, I think must've been in this podcast because I remember it as well, was that uh, Olio discovered this, yeah? Started talking about food. And I said, oh, that's a great idea. So they went off and they set up Olio uh, and they started in a highly dense populated area in the East End of London. And they set up their app. They started to get people to post things and then collect them. And then what was a side effect was that people discovered that that person that they always used to see down at the railway station going to work every morning only lived three doors away from them because they suddenly went over there and they collected some pasta shells or something from them. And so what was happening was there was a social relationship building up as a result of having an app that resulted in you having to go and talk to somebody about something. Yeah. Yeah? Or they had a shop with a a storage point in it and then everybody went to the shop and met each other while they were there. Yeah. Yeah? And so... (laughs) What, what we're highlight what we're back again on is this whole thing about how people interact in cities yeah yeah and then the second thing on the food front is but you could produce a huge amount of the food that you need in Brighton for everybody to have a decent diet within 15 15 kilometers of the center of Brighton you could produce almost all the food you need yeah and you could use periculture which is you know growing food in the city itself as you highlighted on roofs or you know, having honey hives on the roof of the buildings and all those sort of things. Um, It's all, it's all been, there's quite a lot of research done on it as well. Um, But it's all research, right? It's not happening. Yeah. Yeah. Well, interestingly, I, you know, I, I, um, I've had a little bit of contact with Ultry Brewery and their compost club. I mean, I love what they're doing. They're collecting people's food waste. They're turning it into compost and then selling it back to people. I think the thing that I thought about was, you know, what, what tends to happen? I don't, I don't know the business story of Olio but, or what, what it's turned into, but I love the idea of, I came across this idea of um, a food distribution network in um, a city in America. I can't remember what the name, which city it was, but they basically took inspiration for the design of the network from the oak forest that was behind them. You know, I think what tends to happen is, you know, everyone's trying to, you know, when you start a business, you're trying to, well, often you're trying to scale up sort of like a centralized thing that you grow and grow and grow and it reaches loads and loads of people and you make more and more money but I love the idea of something that is based around hubs and so it's all about small hubs and it's really connected to communities and it brings people together one of the things that you talked about Mm. the kind of benefits the social effects of it like kind of learning from nature in a way rather than trying to create things that don't mimic the way thing the way nature works so no, just, this food assembly thing is all based around small. You can only have, I think, 12, 12 food producers at each food hub mm. and that they're dotted around cities. I mean, it looks from the map, it looks like it's thriving in France. So there are hundreds of them. There's another thing here, which you need to take into account when you tell me this. And, and that is that um, in France, supermarkets exist, but they've never really caught on in the same way they have here. And so, and French people have a totally different attitude towards food and preparation of their food and awareness of what's going on. And they still haven't really lost that kind of linkage between, I really want to know where this came from. Yeah, I want to take 
care and time to make this into something that's tasty. And, you know, we're going to have everybody over and a few glasses of wine and a chat. And, you know, food is like a totally different part of the culture. Whereas in this country, food has become some sort of a fuel that you kind of stock up on periodically because there's all those really important things to do, like go to work and watch all the box sets on your television and all that kind of stuff. So food hasn't got that same relationship for everybody. It's changing, I think, but it's changing very slowly. Yeah, yeah, and I get that. And, I, you know, what I was thinking about, um, you know, there are lots of people that have uh, veg box deliveries. Yeah, like me. But exactly that. It's delivered. I love the idea of you have to go and get it from somewhere and then you get to speak to the producer rather than it just turning up on your doorstep once a week. I mean, I'm only mentioning it because I just love the idea. I mean, I, I'm not sure if it's the right project or, you know, maybe it's one of several projects. It's not It's not necessarily, you know, we involve lots of people to help us deliver this overarching thing, which is to, regen, you know, regenerate the city around all sorts of different things. Yeah, so so maybe what, what it's about really is, try, you know, if we go back to your idea of your map and understanding what's happening, yeah. then it's sort of like understanding what the underlying process or system is that's making that idea work yeah but recognizing that that idea isn't immediately transportable into the uk because there's some other stuff that's part of the system that it works in which doesn't exist here but it doesn't mean that you couldn't use the idea to do something if you made it fit within the system we're in if you see what i mean yeah, I mean, I'd be up for giving it a go anyway, because I think that you learn a lot by doing, you learn more by doing it, you know, maybe it wouldn't work. But I think even having that kind of mindset that we're doing experiments rather than, you know, something that is like the business that we're doing for the rest of our lives, in a way, it's about creating change, changing the way that people think, changing behavior, changing, connecting up all these things that don't seem to be connected, like the social aspects, nature, you know, where food comes from. What's going on in the seas? It's like, I think it's like that guy Thomas Berry was saying. It's about, we've got a choice. We're going to kind of try and solve everything with technology or we're going to try and solve things in a different way. It feels more heart. It's got more heart in it and is about connection. Yeah, I mean, the interesting thing is that in the example that we're just discussing, technology is playing an important role in creating the linkage. <laughs> For the social outcome. Well, as I was speaking, I thought, wait a minute, we're talking about <laughs> apps and things. <laughs> so so it, it maybe that isn't quite what it's about. Atomic energy, for example. Yeah, I can blow people up with it or yeah. I can create loads of, you know, uh, carbon free energy or I can have a huge yeah, problem yeah. with the waste. But how I use it yeah, is what counts. It's what, it's, so, what it's in service of. Yeah. Uh, and and the, the problem is, I think where he's describing it is he's uh, uh, it, behind that. I think you and I, and we probably, I mean, maybe you aren't in this place, but I'm thinking when he says technology, it's sort of like technology is going to somehow or other remove all the difficulties and interactions and stuff. And I'm just going to be able to be me most of the time and use the technology to get there. Or the other side is, well, I've got to kind of interact with everybody all the time and be part of something and I can't just be lazy and hide at home and never do anything it sort of feels like that's kind of the choices he's identifying but in reality that could be an outcome but technology could be part of the solution in some cases as we were just discussing because it it blends them together in the same way Olio does yeah yeah I, I wasn't I don't know I mean <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's me having a bit of a rant without having thought about it, but... Uh, well, it, it's very interesting. <laughs> it is interesting. Uh, you know, I, yeah. 
Okay, so what do we do? What's the next steps? Which I think we should publish this somehow, but there's probably a bit of editing to do. Yeah, we'd have to, I could have a go. <laughs> You're happy to do that. I mean, I think that the thing here, Nigel, is we've got to explore. Maybe this is yeah. part of the thing. And so we're not going to do anything yet. We're going to talk about stuff a bit. Yeah. And then eventually we're going to find something. But in the back of our minds somewhere, we're, we're going to find something. So if this was an episode, wh what I think might be interesting would be to say, okay, well, for example, the idea of mapping, right? So you got me interested in thinking, well, is there some way we could just make a long list of stuff we know or even even without even worrying looking at the internet just why don't you sit down and write down everything you know about what might be going on that you're thinking about i think that would be a really good place to start and yeah. i and i can share the document that i started and, and you've already got the circular economy one if you're happy yeah. to and that one is a bit messy but i wouldn't worry about that now uh, well, mine, mine isn't that long and isn't that messy yet but it yeah. probably will be <laughs> but why not? Why don't we just make a huge long list of everything? And then yeah. maybe we ought to look at it. Yeah. And in our next discussion, we could look at the look at what we've written in the list and see what yeah. triggers. Yeah. And we might even be able to come back with some ideas about what we discovered as a result of making the long list and uh, and trying to figure out what it meant. I think that's a really, really good idea. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, we could also think about it in terms of, you know, different themes or sectors or categories and see, yeah. see where gaps are and see where what's needed and, you know, where, can so, maybe where there are stronger connections and where there are weaker connections, which is why I think it would be interesting to do a kind of a map as well to show the relationships or the connections or something. We hope you found that interesting and want to get involved. You can share your ideas with us on Twitter at Making A Happen or by emailing on makingahappen at gmail.com. Join us next time to find out if we managed to do any mapping and what we're going to do next.